professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense, dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm Brutus Mask Mike. I'm Erwin R. Shainster. <laughs> Welcome to episode 88, WrestleMania 9. The biggest stars in the world are coming to Las Vegas. It's the world's largest toga party. Toga, toga, toga. This was the ninth. WrestleMania, produced by the WWF. Wait a minute, WrestleMania 9 is the ninth WrestleMania? Yeah. Whoa. Makes sense, right? It would take place on April 4th, 1993 at Caesars Palace in Paradise, Nevada, with an attendance of 16,891 people. Is that true? Yeah. I'm sure it's kayfabe. I know, it's just great. Like, 16,000, every time they said it on their show, I giggled because I was like, that doesn't look like 16,000 people to me at all, but whatever, it doesn't matter. I don't care. It's more than 6,500, yeah. so WWF likes it. When it comes down to it, this is the show where Jim Ross wore a toga. Anything is Anybody else in a toga right is fine, but Jim Ross in a toga just seems <laughs> like, like, yeah, the devil playing a weird trick on the world. Weirder than Gorilla in a toga? Gorilla's down. Gorilla's, gorilla's so... I don't know. I feel like Gorilla pull, can pull it off, and Jim Ross in flip-flops is vomit-inducing. <laughs> uh, first time for togas. Also first time in Nevada. Ooh. So Shane, on this whirlwind trip around the world, what did you bring for us this week? All right. First time in Vegas. Biggest show of the year. We're in Paradise, Nevada, sir. Exactly. We call it Paradise because um, you can... Win a bunch of money or lose it all and or, kill yourself and or buy a buy and end up in the paradise of the afterlife. <laughs> paradise. Las Vegas. Do y'all know Caesar's why it's Palace. called Paradise? No. It's no. actually a subsection of Las Vegas. That's where all the casinos are. So uh, they just have their own. They have different now. Yeah. It's called Paradise, really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. I guess it's I was just like, oh, we have to have I've been to Vegas be. once and or I mean yeah, once actually outside of the airport. Huh. Did you play some slots in the airport? Uh, no. I, I really, really, really wanted to go to Egg Slut, but no dice. Yes, if you're ever in Vegas, go to Egg Slut. But that's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about this killer sandwich that I have in front of me. We're, we're in Nevada. We're the biggest show of the year, and we need to have something that represents, I don't know, the entire country. And why not all, go? Put it all between two pieces of bread. Exactly. Brand. You know, WrestleMania is kind of like... Gives you that feeling of going home for the holidays because you've got all the the chaos, the excitement, the glory, the all your favorite great big foods. Yeah, it's it's like you know celebrating with family because you've got all these people that you know and love that are all I'd say under one roof, but out outside yeah. in the uh, Caesar's Palace. So I looked up what is the best sandwich in Vegas, and the one that again jumped off of the uh, the phone and slapped me and said, "Eat me." Came from a place called Capriati's. You sure it was not a worker of the night in Vegas that slapped you in the face oh, and said, "Eat me." I would hope I'd. No, they slapped. <laughs> they slapped the papers and then they like waved. 
But yes, this one is uh, from a place called Capriotis. They're actually started out in Delaware. But when uh, you're at the biggest show of the year, we got to go for something that was once called the best sandwich in the country. It's called the Bobby. It's basically a Thanksgiving leftover sandwich. Uh, roasted turkey, mashed potato. Well, I added mashed potatoes. Theirs doesn't have it. Stuffing. Don't forget the cranberry sauce. Oh, cranberry sauce. Yeah. Big fan over here. Little, a little gravy only. I didn't put any mayo on mine. I added a little extra gravy for it because it's, it's a big web boy holidays. I did mine with some rotisserie chicken because I did not have time to uh, roast a whole turkey. And uh, yeah, so luckily all these nice stores are rotisserieing stuff for us and we have this juicy, delicious chicken to put on here instead of turkey. It's came out great. It came out awesome. I'm uh, going to take one of my, my big bites here, but Capriotis, uh, I'm going to have to check them out. Next time I get to Vegas, it's been too long anyways. Let's see how this little bad boy is. A sandwich even a weasel could appreciate. Oh, yeah. The Bobby. The Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> well, while they're taking bites out of these delicious sandwiches... Damn. The Sandlot would be released the following week. Chomers, malls, I got my mouth full. Babe Ruth. The Great Bambino? The Salt and the Swat? Uh, what's the other? Is there a third one? Oh, you could have just said the Salt and the Swat again. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's how the, the, okay. the line in the movie. Oh, man. It's been a while, but this is a classic. I've seen this movie every time it was on television as a kid. You know, watched it on tape. I don't know if I caught this in the theater. I did. But definitely always on TV and always... It's one of those cable classics that's just like, oh, well, Samuel's on. And you're excited about it, and you watch it from whatever point you clicked on to the end. Yes. Uh, last year, I actually was on a on vacation, and the bus tour I was on, they put Sandlot on. Nice. And I was, like, in the middle of editing one of our episodes. On a vacation tour? You're a yeah. monster. You know. Take, take a day for yourself. That's what he does for the for the WHX family out exactly. there. Exactly. Right? So keep the train rolling. And Sandlot was put on the TVs, and I was like, nope, we're going to stop right here, <laughs> put the computer away, and we're going to enjoy the Sandlot because the, it is one of my favorite movies of all time. The vomit scene. My God. So gross. So, so good. Like, yeah, for like... I feel like that, I mean, I don't know, they even make live action kids movies. I guess this is more of a family movie. I mean, it's a kids movie because they're kids, but it can be enjoyed by anyone. But the vomit thing, it's like, damn, this is vulgar. <laughs> this is gross. Love the dog puppet that's just like so wildly huge and yeah. like fake, but the way they shoot it is awesome. And then, of course, James Earl Jones. The whole movie is, it's uh, one of the easiest watches. It's, it's kind of like the sandwich. It's comfort food. It's like, oh, well, that's exactly there's nothing, there's what nothing, the Sandlot is. There's nothing here <laughs> not to enjoy. Like, it's, yeah. Sandlot. It's a warm Turkey sandwich. And, yeah. And f- dozing in and off on the couch is uh, just as good of a Sunday as you can have. <laughs> I'm going to have to go watch it. It's been too long since I've seen the Sandlot. But it hasn't been that long since we've covered a WrestleMania. But yeah. let's do it again. Shall we? We're going to hit them all one of these days. We get animation of Las Vegas Strip. We're going down 
we got narration. We see wrestlers on Caesar's Palace yeah. showing some of the matches before the logo comes on the screen. And Gorilla Monsoon welcomes us to the largest toga party in the world. He informs us that this is his first time in a toga, and he could get used to it. He then welcomes Jim Ross hey, to the broadcast JR. team. Check it and out. have you seen Jr. this like excited and energetic yeah, yep. since we've been since we've been covering him on this show? Like he is about as excited as Jr. It's gets. It's been quite some time. His since eyes he's are been excited. wide and bright, uh, and he shows off his gold shoes. And I wish he had. <laughs> and he previews the show before sending it up to. Finkus Maximus. Ooh, it's regal oh, as hell in here. We are, uh, you know, there's there's gold everywhere. Everything's ornate and uh, gold leaf flaked. They're really going at this gimmick. Some could argue too hard. I, I literally, in the middle of this, was like, they're going all out with the glitz and glamour for mm-hmm. WrestleMania. Like, make, trying to make it a big deal. Yeah. There's exotic animals here. Exactly. Which we'll be getting at right about now. The Fink announces Caesar and Cleopatra and our people that were at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, the same actors. I don't know. They come walking out. Well, Caesar, I believe, is on the elephant. And Cleo is sitting on the elephant's trunk, like, wrapped up, being lifted out by the elephant. I'm like, this is crazy. But I assume that they're probably part of the Caesar's Palace, like, one of the big dumb animal shows they do. Yep. Macho Man Randy Savage then comes out being carried on a platform. And so awkwardly. <laughs> being fed grapes by yeah. some young ladies. Yeah. It's funny because it's not a chair. It's like he's just laying flat, but they're yeah. lifting him up, but it's like maybe like four feet off the ground. So it just looks like he's like Definitely doesn't sitting look, like a toddler. Doesn't look <laughs> as comfy as his uh, Macho King being no. carried to the ring days. No, definitely not. <laughs> funny all the same. Maybe potentially the best Macho Man gear. It's yes. like this like purple, white, gold yeah. get up and it's like Macho Man always has great gear, but this one is just over the top. It's yep, awesome. It's it's very fitting for the the yeah. festivities. Just bright popping colors and it's you know, not blinding like what we're we've been used to seeing him yeah, in. Yeah, it's not the neon glow. He yeah. went he went purple. Keep it royal. Bobby the Brain Healing then comes riding out on a camel backwards and if you've watched any WWF in the last 25 years you've probably seen this clip because they like to show it many times and yeah I love when he gets off of the camel I don't I believe it's Macho Man I think as a rib just like legitimately lifts up so you can see Bobby's like (laughs) blue tiny whities and it's just like oh like I can see Bobby's fucking balls this is crazy it's like I can't believe that you guys did this but you know he's probably just messing with, with the weasel. Jr. the Brain and Macho Man are our announcers for the evening. As we get to our first match, Shawn Michaels with Luna Vachon versus Tatanka with Sensational Sherry for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Shawn Michaels kicking off the show again. Luna Vachon in her best. Best possible Mad Max gear. It's like, where was she for, uh, like, LOD in WWF? (laughs) My God. And yes, you are correct. This is the third straight year that Shawn Michaels has been in the opening match of WrestleMania. 
And Luna Vachon is a professional wrestling and WWE Hall of Famer. Crazy. But also on top of that, the champion came out first. Hmm. Foreshadowing? Yeah, it's like, they're really going to put the belt on Tatanka? JR would let us know that Tatanka was undefeated at this point and even had gotten a pair of pinfalls on Sean during TV tapings. That would set up this match. And Luna just has the most incredible monster energy. And Sherry's very held back than she normally would because she's just upset Pissed at Sean, just wants to see him get taken down. I don't think she's there for Tatanka as much as she's there to see, you know, exactly. to see to see Sean get his that he's that he's got coming to him. Hopefully, I'm not gonna lie, I'm I'm kind of missing Crazy Sherry. Yeah, but I mean, it it makes sense here, and also it's good for Luna to like have her chance to really show out. This is actually she does her, a great job. This is actually her debut. Like, she had never oh, okay. even appeared on TV It's before. a great debut. And good on you for Sherry for dialing it back, because she didn't have to. No. And Luna Sherry. is awesome. I mean, they both, I believe, are Mula girls that trained with Mula. I believe Vashon's from a big wrestling Vashon's family. Vashon's from a wrestling family, yeah. so. Mad Dog. Yeah. But this match gets going with Sean starting us off trying to go for multiple single-leg takedowns, but gets kicked off both times. The two trade wrist locks and headlocks until Tatanka hits a back suplex, charges into a corner to eat a turnbuckle as Sean moves to avoid. Michaels then climbs up to the top, only to get arm-dragged as he comes off by Tatanka, followed by another arm-drag, a drop kick, and an Irish whip that sends Sean over the ropes to the apron before getting chopped off to the floor. Luna looks to come over and help out Michaels, but Sherry stops her. Michaels keeps climbing up to the apron, only to be chopped right back down by the Native American, until Sean is able to hit an eye poke and a pair of head slams into a turnbuckle. Then he comes off the top with a sunset flip for a two count. A little too early, buddy. A little bit. The two men are running the ropes when Tatanka catches Michaels on a leapfrog attempt to hit an inverted atomic drop, followed with chops and a DDT. Uh, Bobby says that he's never got his bubbles bopped like that. And I've never heard anybody refer to their testicles as bubbles, and I thought it was very funny. Yeah, never heard anybody <laughs> referred to as bubbles or That's why it stuck out, getting my bubbles bopped. The Native American starts working on the shoulder of Sean with an arm bar which he escapes momentarily and tries a clothesline. But it hurts him more than it does Tatanka, so he just goes back to working the shoulder. Michaels, with an Irish whip, charges in, but the Native American moves, and HBK goes shoulder first into the ring post. Posted. Tatanka continues the attack with a shoulder breaker, comes off the top rope with a tomahawk chop, tries for a second, but Sean catches him with a super kick on his way down. Michaels tosses Tatanka over the ropes to the floor, where Luna lurks her way over to intervene, but again, Sherry is there to stop her. Michaels slams the Native American's head into the apron, comes flying off the apron with a clothesline, rolls back into the ring, where he begins to taunt Sherry. Come on, man. The Native American rolls back into the ring, but then Sean pulls the ref out of the ring, 
starts attacking Tatanka, only for the Native American to hit a fallaway slam, go for the cover, but the ref just pulls him off and calls for the bell. So Tatanka's the winner by countout? Disqualification? It got muddy, man. I don't know. What I did notice, the poor camera crew has to wear togas too. Poor guys. It's a team effort. Post-match, Sean is headed to the back, but Luna decides to pull Sherry off the apron, clotheslining and body slamming her out on the floor. When Tatanka rolls out of the ring, which sends Vashon running to the back. And this would be Sherry's final WWF pay-per-view appearance. Aw, see? We get to see a little bit of crazy Sherry. I know. Right before, damn it. And Sean didn't get his. He didn't get his. He didn't lose his, though. Yeah, but I wouldn't mind. Like, of course, I don't want to see this title on Tatanka over Shawn Michaels, but I want... I want it if it means that Sherry gets gets hers. Gets some <laughs> damn justice. We then go to Mean Gene in the back. And he welcomes the Steiners with a reference to the Michigan basketball team. Who was actually playing for the NCAA basketball championship the next night. Okay. But this is when Chris Weber would call a timeout that Michigan didn't have. That would cause Michigan to lose. <laughs> oh, wow. It's kind of an infamous game in, yeah. in the world of basketball. I don't know much about it, but I'm sure that for the basketball fans out there, uh, it's very notable. Rick basically cuts a promo saying, we're going to go out there to wrestle and make Julius Caesar proud. Sure. At least he didn't say it with a hand puppet. <laughs> I, I miss whatever that hand puppet saying. I like dumb singles, Rick. I miss that guy. I'm gonna live on that hill, die on that hill. You can do something on that hill. Yeah, um, you don't have to die alone there. Okay. I I, kind of miss the uh, the old rig. So we got our second match: the head shrinkers of Samu and Fatu with Afa versus the Steiner brothers of Rick and Scott. And before the match gets going, Jr. uses the word slobber knocker for the first time in the WWF. The head shrinkers come out with sticks, and they have like weird, like biker Judas Priest like bondage straps on. <laughs> just a weird, weird thing. Normally, it's just like oh, trunks, maybe a, like Tarzan style thing for these Samoan guys. But you know, now they're going cruising. So the match gets going. It's a back and forth affair between Fatu and Scott until Steiner hits a clothesline, only to be taken back into his opponent's corner be double teamed by the head shrinkers. Rick runs in to help his brother but is tossed out of the ring, followed by Scott being tossed as well. The Steiners then both climb up to the top rope, coming off with flying Steiner lines to clear the ring. And JR has some breaking news for us. Sherry was attacked at the first aid station in the back by Luna. Shawn Michaels has the title? Sherry didn't do nothing to you. Samu and Rick are now matched up in the ring, with the head shrinker getting the advantage, until Steiner fires out of a corner with a Steiner line, and throwing Samu into the ring post. Scott with a tiger driver on Samu, drop kick on Fatu, and goes for an Irish whip that is reversed, and Samu retaliates with a stun gun, while Fatu's holding the ropes down, so it sends Steiner crashing out to the floor. 
So it's a really nasty looking movie. Yeah, I, uh, there's expletives in my notes because it's like, it was, like, there's no way he landed well. It was a violent looking. Yeah, I, yeah, I haven't seen anybody tossed out of the ring like that <laughs> in, I think, any of the shows we've watched. Yeah. I also noticed that, what, 92 was the year of the Abstretch? Was it 91 that was the year of the uh, atomic drop? Uh, maybe. Yeah. 93 the stun gun? No, 93 no. seems to be the Irish whip. <laughs> oh, shut up. No. You're fired. The Irish whip. <laughs> We've had matches where literally it's Irish whip, Irish whip, I've Irish just whip, Irish whip. That one has been said a lot over the last few shows. I've heard Irish whip to the point that... It's, a, it's like the cornerstone. Go, on the go, last go show... Listen to, go listen to episode one and two and it's like every other... On the last show, Every other moves it was Irish even said whip. something about the origins of the Irish whip. Yeah, that's why I was like, hmm, maybe this is the year that they're all going to start doing it more and more and more. <laughs> Anywho, I can't tell if this is a bit. No, I'm just rambling on. <laughs> but no, I just I've noticed a lot of Irish whips. Maybe I just didn't notice them before. They didn't stand out as much because they were blocked by ab stretches and atomic drops. <laughs> Maffa oh, continues the attack with a kendo stick shot to the back. Oh, you can see the debris. Got him good. Debris! Rick, it's Rick Steiner. He can take it. Even after he just flew into the steel head first. Assuming. Definitely didn't land well. Before Fatu hits a body slam and rolls Scott back into the ring. Fatu hits a backbreaker and a diving headbutt off the second rope. Makes the cover, but Rick breaks up the pin. You know what I love? Uh, uh, I mean, we all like Fatu. We've seen him a bunch. He's just been around forever, it feels like. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's been around for forever, but shows up here and there. But the the growth, the ass growth, that turns into, you know, the big stink face later in his career. It's just, the boy gets thicker and thicker from the waist down, like, every year. <laughs> and uh, and it's been it's noticeable, but, you know, he's he's well on his way. At this point here in 93. Head shrinkers with a double headbutt. Samu with a spinning kick. And charges into a big boot. Allowing Scott to begin to crawl to his corner. But Fatu cuts him off with a running knee. Sending Steiner out to the floor. Samu drops off the apron. Runs Scott into the ring post shoulder first. And they're back in the ring. And Fatu tosses Steiner to the ropes. Telegraphs the back body drop. Can't so do that. Scott face plants him. But Fatu no-sells it, bouncing right back up and hitting a super kick. Why would he do that? He's got a hard hit. (laughs) Okay, just making sure. The head shrinkers are working over Scott, using a camel clutch, hitting a drop kick, top rope elbow drop by the Samoans, before locking on the trap hole. Woo! Scott begins to fire up, and both men hit clotheslines for a double KO. They both... Start crawling for tags. But Steiner's just too tired to make any progress before Samu hits a body slam. Heads up to the top rope, only to miss a diving headbutt. It was nice to see him strive strive like that for the for the tag. It's like, let the baby be a baby, baby. <laughs> and that allows Scott to make the hot tag. Back body drop on Fatu. Body slam on Samu. Steiner lines to both. A double noggin knocker to the head shrinkers, 
but they just shrug it off to hit a double headbutt of their own. Oh my gosh, I love it. A double Russian leg sweep by the head shrinkers. Fatu lifts Rick up onto his shoulders, with like Samu chair, coming off the top rope with a clothesline. But Steiner catches him oh and reverses God. it into a power slam for a two count. It's nasty and I love it. Rick is my dad. I'm sorry, <laughs> dad, but Rick is my dad. Rick's tossed from the ring, but makes the tag on his way out. So Scott jumps in the ring to be clotheslined to the mat. Steiner then reverses an Irish whip to hit an overhead belly-to-belly on Fatu, but Samu catches him with a super kick. Samu then with a body slam and goes for an Irish whip only to be reversed, and Scott hits the Frankensteiner for the pin and the win. He didn't take the Frankensteiner very well, unfortunately, but... I think it's more Scott just can't jump as high anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A little too big. Yeah, maybe, but like he didn't flip as much because like, the other guy has to do a lot of the work. No one's actually pulling you by the head. But, you know, takes two to tango. We then go to the back, and Mean Gene's there. In the back where he's been standing, there's been a Julius Caesar statue. Yes. But now that statue has green hair and a clown face. So that must mean he's being joined by Doink the Clown. Mm-hmm. Uh, must say, outside of Savage's custom gear, of all the, you know, Caesar's Palace toga gear, Mean Gene's got the best one. Definitely. I have to agree with you. So Mean Gene calls out Doink for all the tricks he's been playing. And Doink's just like, I got a good sense of humor. And then we go to a highlight of from Superstars. Where Doink is has his arm in a sling, yes, and is offering a flower to, to Crush, but Crush turns away, and Doink then removes his arm from the sling, and it was a fake arm, <sighs> and he uses it to attack the Hawaiian. The the old fake double clown arm trick, <laughs> detachable. Yeah, the the old cast clown iron slam. I don't know. It's silly. There's a girl in the crowd that's really upset about it. We then go back live to Doink, and he says, Revenge would be sweet, but I guarantee you after WrestleMania 9, Crush will be seen with double vision. So, blind him? Get him really drunk before the match? Maybe. So our th- the old whiskey flower. So our third match, Crush versus Doink the Clown. Now, the story behind this match, we kind of saw a little bit in the video, but Doink has been messing with Crush for quite some time. We saw it on the Raw before Royal Rumble. We did. So, I mean, it's it's been a good four months or so that he's been messing with him at least. Some guys just can't take a joke. But at one point, Doink would try and shake Crush's hand, and Crush would end up twisting the clown's arm extremely hard Sending him running to the back. That's where we get our our our, our which sets thing. up yeah. the arm in the sling. That's fun. So yeah, yeah. Doink's I, music very dour. It like just is very creepy, and I was like, oh, I don't remember that this is the thing that Doink is. And then I found out that he was really creepy once we get into this match. Oh yeah, and it's cool. It's cool. Most it's, likely because cool you remember. Thing. 
face doink the clown yeah. and not heel doink the clown. Yeah, well, heel doink the clown, dumb, but at least it's got something going on. Uh, also, I love that he comes out with an umbrella and Bobby Heenan says, it could be a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> but doink is walking out around ringside and he squirts water at Crush from the floor. So the Hawaiian jumps down and begins the chasing around ringside hitting a body slam and running him into a ring post Posted. and a guardrail once he catches him. They make their way into the ring and Crush continues to overpower Doink with a double choke and an Irish whip hard into a corner. Just manhandling that creepy fucker. Irish whip. The clown <laughs> rolls out, grabs the foot of the Hawaiian to pull him out of the ring, hitting him with lefts and rights, but Crush no-sells everything and goes back to the beating. They get back in the ring and Crush hits a neckbreaker, a snapmare, a neck snap on the ropes, backbreaker, and forearms across the chest. But Doink finally breaks the momentum with a neck snap across the top rope of his zone. Yeah, it's like the first the first Crush sell. The RBS, the, the neck is, uh, throat's a soft spot, man. The clown begins coming off multiple corners with flying clotheslines before hitting a pile driver. Bounces the Hawaiian off the ring post, hits a body slam, and goes for the whoopee cushion. But Crush gets a boot up into Doink's chin. What's the whoopee cushion? He comes off the second rope with like a leg drop, I believe. I, mean, I was trying to remember what it was exactly. The clown recovers to slam the Hawaiian's head into a turnbuckle, comes off the ropes with a crossbody, only for Crush to catch him and power slam him to the mat followed by a clothesline to send Doink to the floor. The clown then starts to crawl under the ring, but the Hawaiian catches him and rolls him back in. Crush with a military press slam applies the cranium crush, but Doink is able to make it to the ropes, so the ref is trying to get Crush to release the hold, when the clown just elbows the ref down. Doink then, Doink then rolls back out to the floor again, to tr- once again try and climb under the ring. But Crush again cuts him off. The Hawaiian hits a spinning kick before locking on the cranium Crush once they're back in the ring. When all of a sudden, another doink comes running into the ring to hit Crush across the back and head with the loaded arm. I like that they kept the loaded arm. <laughs> the two doinks then do a mirror act. Very appropriate, I guess. I don't know what to yeah. call it. Uh, that's one of those clips that I remember forever over the years. You know, popping back up for random wild WrestleMania moments. Before the new doink crawls back under the ring. While the original one makes the cover for the pin and, and the win. win. Post-match, a second ref comes down to the ring and starts telling the original ref what happened. So they start looking under the apron, but nothing is there. What? Was it an illusion? No. Or was there a second person? I don't know, but the... Uh, if you believe Bobby, it was an illusion. The, uh, like, Doink Grimace when his music is playing, so creepy. Like, at the end of this, it's like, fuck, do I like Doink? I don't want to like Doink. Because, like, as silly as this is, it's done pretty well, and he is a creepy little shit. This is the Doink that I actually preferred... The, the darker 
Yes. Yeah, I believe I believe you. Because um, I was like, I don't want to like this. <laughs> I really don't, but I like didn't have a bad time with it. So this would be the second Doinks, who was Steve Kearns, a.k.a. Skinner, mm-hmm. mm. final WWF appearance. Doink 2? Doink 2. Okay. He, he would show up, I guess... I guess it's not his final appearance. He shows up about 15 years later as Doink again. (laughs) We then go to the crowd and Todd Pettengill's there. Ah, Todd. Is this an MTV VJ? Literally, that's what it seems like. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, who's Todd Pettengill? I know the name, but I don't know Todd Pettengill. Inform me. He basically takes over for Sean Mooney. Yeah, as uh, the as another backstage yeah. interviewer like guy. He's a backstage guy that has more of a, a Vince McMahon sense of humor. Mm. So you, a lot you of... fool up here. He's a, he's a radio DJ guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could totally tell because yeah. he's just obnoxious. He takes a crowd poll. Was mm. it two doinks or was it an illusion? It was two doinks. Yeah, yeah it was mm-hmm. two doinks. And then he talks to a pair of Japanese photographers. Who don't know English, but Yokozuna is number one. Yeah. It was kind of a racist segment, but we'll move on. So our fourth match, Razor Ramon versus Bob Backlund. A heart emoji. For which one? Bob. Not not for real, but you know. Razor emoji for Ramon? (laughs) (laughs) It's a big old mound of blow. The uh, cocaine emoji. (laughs) Yeah. Bobby. The, uh, I mean, the. The razor on his short trunks is basically a cocaine emoji. <laughs> but the, yeah, just, you know, I, I bigged up Bob. Fun to see him. And we'll see what happens here. Bob offers a handshake, but Ramon tosses his toothpick at him. Okay, dear Bob. Razor overpowers Backlund, so Bob starts using his speed and technical ability to frustrate Ramon. Razor's back on the offensive with multiple body slams, just punching and kicking away on Backlund. Macho then brings up that Bret Hart was knocked out by the narcissist at the WrestleMania brunch earlier in the day. You know what Bob Backlund loves to do? Smile? That. <laughs> he smiles uh, just as big as he sells. Yeah. Big, big selling baby. Hey. Also, Razor Ramon's theme song sounds like a track from like Doom. Or it's awesome. It's like early computer game shit. It's great. Bob fires up with several hip tosses, goes for a drop kick that misses, but comes right back with a clothesline to take down Ramon. Backlund hits a double underhook suplex. <sighs> Come on, Bobby. Hits an atomic drop to send Razor out to the apron, which he then brings back in with a slingshot. Bob, See, Bob Backlund slingshotting Razor Ramon into the ring is right. very funny visually. <laughs> Bob then goes to pick up Ramon for a slam, but Razor cradles him up for the pin and, and the win. win. Snuck it. I know Razor didn't do anything here except for be big, and Bob's a real sweetheart for uh, getting it done. Does anyone get over with this match? No, no. nobody gets over. No, they just get a I don't, yeah, it's like he didn't overpower, he overpowered Backlund in a roll-up because he's like twice the fucking size. But that's really it. Yeah. And like Bob sold for him really well, but whatever. It was at least it wasn't long. We then go to Mean Gene with Money Inc. And Gene says, I think your titles are in jeopardy for three reasons. 
The Return of the Immortal Hulk Hogan. Teaming up with Brutus the Barber Beefcake. And managed by your former manager, the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. We then go to a highlight. No comment. Your titles are in jeopardy because you're about to face a guy who's had a year off, a guy who's had three years off, and a guy who doesn't wrestle. <laughs> and a guy who doesn't wrestle and also never loses. <laughs> 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 Sorry. That might be a little too much. Hey. It's pretty close. You, you can share your Eric Watts Hulk Hogan opinion. Oh, I'll get mad later. <laughs> or I guess more disheartened than anything. We go to a highlight from Raw where Money Inc. has Beefcake locked up and looks to hit him with a briefcase. But Hart stops IRS for a moment before being shoved to the floor. Shyster then blasts Brutus across the face with the briefcase. We're back live and DiBiase says, It's time to put up or shut up. We don't make bets we can't win. And then IRS chimes in with, Mega morons, you think you have all the answers? But by the time we're through, Beefcake, you will look like a jigsaw puzzle with a few pieces missing. And speaking of jigsaw puzzles, we heard Hogan got into a little accident coming out of the gym last night. That's what money can do. We're going to get into that, right? Sure, we can get into that. First of all, is this the best IRS promo ever? Oh, fuck yeah. It's good, yeah. It's good, it's solid, like... We've seen plenty of great DiBiase promos on his own, but this is a great IRS one. IRS is there. Yeah. He's a, you know, finally sound like a tag team. Right. And IRS just doesn't come off as uh, the annoying... Uh, there's always something annoying as shit about his promos before because he was very nasally and whiny and... It just he sounded like just he was just reciting a line. Yeah. Like, yeah, this was like actually a point about wrestling, wrestling yeah. promo, and it was just like, okay, yeah, I, I like this. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't just character joke speech. So our fifth match, Money Inc. of Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase and Erwin R. Scheister versus the Mega Maniacs of Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Hulk Hogan with Jimmy Hart for the WWF. Tag Team Championships. First things first. Is this, like, the first Beefcake's back? Was Beefcake the guy that got his face shattered in, like, a parasailing thing? So, like, I was like, is this after that? And it's like, well, the mask. It's like, yeah, but it seems like later in the match we'll find out that the mask isn't really necessary for this, it didn't feel like. But maybe he was just nervous, but the mask didn't look like it was really protective mask. It looks like, you remember Bible Man? It looks like an orange Bible Man mask or whatever. It's like, we can't have warriors, so let's put some yeah. big giant but thing on Brutus. I, it, made, it made me think about Brutus's uh, face. Pretty. I mean, I'm sure it probably delivered some kind of... He was like windsurfing and like crashed with somebody or something. And, like yeah, really parasailing. Parasailing yeah, and yeah. thing hit him in the face. That sounds fucking awful. Yeah. But, first thing, second, who the fuck punched Hulk Hogan? We'll talk about it here in one second. Okay, cool. So the story behind this match was Brutus had announced he would be making a return to the ring and would take on any competitor. DiBiase stepped up to the plate on an episode of Raw, which we saw in the video, as the match would end in a DQ as IRS would interfere. Also seen in the highlight package, the two would attack Beefcake with Jimmy Hart trying to stop them. The next week... Hogan would show up to challenge Money Eek for the belts. Now, we haven't seen Hulk Hogan since WrestleMania 8, 
which was episode 68, which was also the last time we saw Beefcake. But this is his first match since WrestleMania 6, episode 44, which is when he beat Mr. Perfect. Yeah. He was just standing in for Bubba the Love Sponge with Hulk Hogan. (laughs) (laughs) And the champs come out first. Foreshadowing. Now Hart has got a... Jimmy Hart comes out and he has a custom Maniacs jacket on. Beefcake with that protective mask that you mentioned. And Hogan... With a pitch black swollen eye and yeah. stitches, and uh, they are—it's a shoot black eye and a very black eye. So yeah. there's multiple stories out there. There's the one that people like to believe, which is that savage decting. Oh, I like in the back. That, too. that sounds yeah. nice. But probably the more realistic one is that he was in a sea dew accident. Oh yeah. Okay. It's never really been confirmed either way. Fuck, I wish I had enough money to get in sea accidents. <laughs> yeah. Tell your friends to listen. I'm trying to get some ad money. <clears throat> Mikey's trying to die That's in patreon.com <laughs> slash... Yeah. slash we, we do too many shows. I'm not doing any more shows. Mikey wants a blood red black eye. <laughs> yeah. So the match gets going with Money Inc. attacking right away. But the maniacs toss them out of the ring to allow Hulk to finish tearing his shirt off and his music to finish playing. Ah, gotta have that. The first five minutes of a 20-minute match. (laughs) (laughs) IRS and Brutus start start off, and Shyster goes right after the face. Million Dollar Man comes in with a back elbow. Money Inc. is working him over with the double teams until DiBiase tries for a second rope double axe handle, but he hurts himself on Beefcake's mask. Which I thought was a good yeah, spot. definitely. The barber starts firing away with a double noggin knocker on Money Inc. Goes to slam Million Dollar Man's head into a turnbuckle. Only for DiBiase to reverse it, slamming Brutai's head multiple times, which he no-sells. Yeah, because he's got a mask on his face. Exactly. Which makes a whole lot of sense that the mask would save him from a headbutt. Which allows him to finish it by slamming Million Dollar Man's head into the turnbuckle several times. Dick. Hogan comes in with mounted punches on DiBiase, and he threatens the ref with a right hand. I didn't, I didn't understand what this was all about. He like threatened the ref like multiple times during this match. Because he's fucking we, Hogan, right? Yeah, yeah. Because he doesn't care about wrestling. Because he's a butthole. The maniacs with a double big boot on, on Money Inc. Followed by a beefcake body slam. Hulk with the double axe handle off the second rope, and then DiBiase is ping-pong punched between the Maniacs until Hogan clotheslines him out to the floor. Or L360 if Gorilla was on the mic. IRS then comes in, and he gets ping-pong punched and tossed out to the floor as well. Money Inc. has had enough, and they begin to just to walk away to the locker room. And right before that happened, I wrote, This is ass. <laughs> So it's Money Inc. Obviously, we've hurt, seen, we've seen hurt, this trick like, from them yeah, multiple could, times. Could, could, felt the same way I did. And we're like, well, this is ass. Let's go get us some Miller Lights and some ass. We're in, the, <laughs> in Nevada. But the ref decides to change the rules. Finkus Maximus makes the announcement that Money Inc. would lose the titles if they're counted out. And the crowd's so cool that they go wild for this. 
rule changing. The ref then starts making the count, so Money Inc. rushes back into the ring. And Heenan is irate because he's like, you can't change rules on the fly. Understandably. I guess you can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what Finka says goes. What the ref says goes. Yeah. Who's the ref? Was it Earl Hebner? Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, it was Hebner. What right. Vince McMahon says goes. What Hulk Hogan says goes, really. Million Dollar Man and Hogan matching up, where DiBiase with a cheap shot to gain control, and Money Inc. starts choking Hulk every time they get the chance. Million Dollar Man locks on the Million Dollar Dream. The money clip. <laughs> <laughs> and Hogan begins to fade. But the crowd is chanting away to firing up. But the hold isn't broken until the barber comes in to put the sleeper on DiBiase, putting both men out on the mat. I don't care. Hulk and Million Dollar Man both make tags. Brutus comes in with a high knee on IRS, sends DiBiase over the ropes with an atomic drop, and he's punching away on Shyster. Goes to run the ropes, but Million Dollar Man hits him in the back with the briefcase. Money Inc. then starts working over Beefcake, ripping the mask off of his face and continues to just punch away on him until he ducks a double clothesline and comes off the ropes with a double clothesline of his own. Do you guys uh, like the mask cam? You like the camera shot like with the mask like right up front? It's uh, <laughs> very funny. Brutus then applies the sleeper to IRS only for DiBiase to hit him from behind to send him flying into the ref. Beefcake makes his way to the corner for the hot tag. Hogan with the finger wag, right hands, big boot to Million Dollar Man, big boot to IRS, who drops the barber's mask. So Hulk picks it up and hits it on both members of Money, Inc. It's titanium, according to... The guys on the thing, they say that Damascus is titanium and I'm running out of care. Both maniacs cover a member of Money, Inc., but the ref is still out. So Jimmy Hart crawls into the ring, tries to wake the ref up, but is unsuccessful. So he takes his jacket off, reverses it, and it's ref stripes. And Jimmy makes the count for the pin. Horrified. The maniac starts celebrating in the ring with the belts, but then a second ref comes running down to the ring, and after conferring with the first ref, he raises the hands of Money, Inc. Danny Davis isn't putting up with that shit. The official announcement is Money, Inc. by DQ. So was it the ref original ref bump, or was it the mask shots? I'm going to go with... I'm trying to remember Who the original cares, ref, but I imagine Danny Davis. I'm gonna go with my my thing. It was like Danny Davis doesn't take that shit. <laughs> Plus, Hogan tried to punch him earlier. That's true. He's probably pissed about that. Post match, the maniacs have the second ref by the collar when Money Inc. hits them from behind with the belts. Yeah, because Jimmy Hart was the ref, so it's okay to beat up the other ref, Hogan. Fucking douchebag. But the Mega Maniacs no sell it and they chase DiBiase and Shyster out of the ring. Jimmy Hart then tosses the ref over the ropes to the floor, and we get posing, because we all know Hogan must pose. Uh, ma- taking a, a bump from Jimmy Hart. So, so <laughs> I hope he got a bonus for that. <laughs> but they also grab the briefcase, which they open up to reveal some papers, a brick, 
and a wad of cash. Yes. That they then throw out to the crowd. That must be like five grand. Which like, I guess that like when this remember when Andre gave the money away. Yeah. And how cool that was, mm-hmm. and how like it was good and neat and nice. Are you saying that was better than this? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and I remember how this happened. Sorry, did I answer that too yeah, fast? Yeah, yeah. No, like I did. I thought it wasn't even a, a question. <laughs> it was rhetoric. I was like, remember that thing that we liked? No matter how silly it was, it was it was there was heart behind it. <sighs> so this would be the final time we see the barber in a WWF ring. Um, Going nice. out on a high note. He made enough money to. You know, find a d- different hobby than parasailing. Uh, to buy a couple of shitty costumes that I'll wear a couple years later. <laughs> we then go back out to the crowd again, and Top Pettengill's there with Natalie Cole. And she confirmed it was real money that they were throwing out. Yeah. yeah. She does not seem too interested in him talking to her, though. <laughs> no, not at all. She's like, I just came for the party. <laughs> He then goes over to the CEO of Caesar's Palace, Dan Reichartz, and he lists all the things that Caesar's Palace has had, but WrestleMania has the most energy of them all. What else do they have? Like Tony Bennett? Boxing matches. Boxing matches. Oh, yeah, I forgot about it. Yeah, boxing matches. Does. I tuned Palace. out because Dan was pretty dang boring. Yes. Mm-hmm. Todd tries to keep the energy up, but Dan's just not having any of it at all. No, he's, he's like treating it like a real-ass plug. It's like, see, see, come on, you got it all. It's they dressed up like idiots, and are at Caesar's Palace, and all these people are here for a weekend, and they're probably staying in your hotel or near it. Mean Gene's then in the back with Mister Perfect, and Gene asks about the narcissist loaded forearm. Perfect stumbles over his words a little bit because he's so excited to get out there and beat up Luger. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever really seen Perfect stumble over his words the way he did here, to the point he just had to stop talking and just like I'm going, <laughs> I'm, I'm going, too excited. I like mistakes in wrestling from time to time. Oh yeah, it's like oh, like I don't know if it's it's better than it being lifeless. Even in ring, like sometimes I like when there's a botch, but the guys are good enough that they don't hesitate for a second because then it just Kind of feels more like a real contest. So we got our sixth match. The Narcissist, Lex Luger, versus Mr. Perfect. Luger comes down to the ring with some very lovely ladies. Very scantily clad as well. Some Lexi ladies. Some Lexi ladies. And the announcers all let us know their feelings about them. Of course. Which... We're not PG, let's just say. I don't remember what they said, but I'm sure it gets a lot worse later. Well, but you know, in a few years. I mean, JR gets much older at some point <laughs> and still makes those comments. <laughs> yeah, but nobody beats uh, the king. <laughs> no. Very close, though. Those ladies then hold up some mirrors so Lex can check himself out. And what are those mirrors loaded with? Sparklers. Oh, my gosh. I love it. <laughs> I just love that, like, I, I'm, I'm one of the best. Kind of stupi- stupidity. We've had Shawn Michaels with a mirror. We've had Rick Martell with a mirror. Mm-hmm. Now, now we have Lex Luger with a mirror. It's like, it's just like the gimmick that just keeps giving. Yeah. It's best with Shawn, but that's because Shawn's the best. Because he's a sexy boy. 
So the match is back and forth early on until Perfect hits a drop kick to send Luger out to the floor to regroup. Once back in, Lex gets the advantage with an eye poke, slamming Perfect's head into a turnbuckle and goes for a big boot, only for Perfect to catch it, slap Luger, and begin working on that leg. Perfect with a spinning toehold and some massive chops. But Lex reverses an Irish whip and then just tosses Perfect around the ring, running his back into multiple turnbuckles before throwing him out to the floor. Luger follows out, ramming Perfect's back into the apron. Once they're back in the ring, the Narcissus stays on the back. When Perfect begins to fire up, only to run into a knee from Lex, who makes the cover with leverage, but the ref catches him. Uh Uh-huh, Lex. Luger follows up with a power slam for a two count, but then Perfect with a desperation sunset flip and a sleeper, only for Lex to back Perfect into a corner to break the hold. The two men start exchanging punches when Perfect cradles up the Narcissus for a near fall, following that with a back body drop and sending Luger chest first into a turnbuckle. A perfect catapult to send Lex face first into the turnbuckle for another two count. Goes for mounted punches, only for the Narcissus to escape with an inverted atomic drop. But perfect counters to just continue the beating of Luger. Net breaker top rope missile drop kick by Perfect and makes the cover for the pin and no Lex gets his boot on the ropes son of a bitch I like that Lex continues to sell his leg you know yeah. they don't always do that I assume Lex isn't gonna do shit for anybody yeah. Perfect begins to try and pull Luger over with a backslide but the narcissist blocks by putting his boot under the rope so Lex then reverses it into one of his own with Perfect's legs caught in the ropes for the pin and the win. Post-match, Luger hits the loaded forearm. Do you know what the loaded forearm is? Why it's a loaded forearm? No. Do you? It's because he's fucking Shane? Buff. I do. He was in a motorcycle accident oh. and they had to put a metal plate in his forearm. Is that real? Yes. Okay, just making sure. That's funny that they brought that in here. I will uh, say, when Lex takes the uh, the whip and then the headbutt into the corner, he really nails it. He it does is. a great job. Right on bullseye, Lex. Not everybody bullseyes that shit. Good job. It's like somebody said, watch this video of Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Once Perfect is up, he's all ticked off, and he begins making his way to the back. And he ends up finding Lex with Shawn Michaels and begins attacking the Narcissist. But then HBK helps out Luger by kicking Perfect, hitting him with multiple trash cans until officials can pull Shawn It's like, off. yeah, Lex just like, it's like, ah, peace, and Shawn just took over. It's like, what are you doing, Shawn? Who cares? You're your own man. Hmm. Who knew Lex and Shawn were? Yeah, I wonder what this brand's... I wonder what Perfect's next feud is. Yeah, hmm. I thought that that... Last match was really good, but it seemed like it died on the vine because it was a little bit of more of a wrestling match than the WF crowd is typically into. Savage and Heenan then get into an argument at ringside with JR playing Peacemaker. And Ross then sends us to Gorilla Monsoon, and Gorilla previews the rest of the card. Before we get our seventh match, the Giant Gonzalez with Harvey Whippleman versus The Undertaker. Paul Bearer. How bad do you want to see this? 
I'm ready for it. I mean, the giant is giant. He really does look big next to everyone, and he looks extra big standing next to Taker. But he still has his flesh suit on. Yes. But Taker does come out on a black chariot with a vulture. Mm, that's what vultures look like. Yes. It was a very cool entrance. Well, but, that, but that's not a vulture, though. I don't know what that is. It's not a vulture? I don't think that's a vulture. I, I thought it was. I swear it was. I don't think it's a vulture. I think it's some other kind of bird they I call it. I think you may be wrong. I don't know. I don't think it's a real vulture. A sand eye crane? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't I even know if that's a bird. bird. Those are just words that I threw yeah. together. It was a starved turkey that wasn't a vulture. Was it a gobbledygooker? It was the gobbledygooker's cousin. Oh, okay. Not a vulture. So Undertaker no-sells everything to begin. Begins to fire up, but is caught with a choke and is backed into a corner. So Taker steps up to the second rope and grabs a choke hold of his own. So basically he's as tall as Giant then. Yeah. He'd be on the second rope. Mm-hmm. Only for the Giant to hit the dead man below the waist. <gasps> no. And even Death can't no-sell that. No. Dead's got hearts. Yeah. <laughs> Undertaker regains his bearings, hits old school... But it doesn't phase Gonzalez. And the giant just hits a big boot, a clothesline, and throws Taker across the ring. Someone must have showed Gonzalez a reverse chin lock, so he locks that on. Uh, I don't know if lock is the right word. I don't even think a, a, a chin lock is what you would call that. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, uh, the, the old lazy sleeper. Yeah. Like the inner elbow around the <laughs> yeah, chin. Yeah, yeah. Bear starts using the power of the urn to rally the dead man to break the hold. Charges at the giant, only for him to sidestep and toss Undertaker out to the floor. The two men start brawling on the floor with Taker eating the steps before they head back into the ring. The dead man continues to be pounded on, but he starts sitting up after every move that puts him down, which has Gonzalez amazed. This is, you know, we all love the fun normally you get like the one but this one's fun because it's just like he just keeps getting up mm-hmm. really doing his michael myers thing uh spamming it but in a good way undertaker's firing up has the giant reeling and finally down to a knee when whippleman jumps on the apron so taker grabs him but as he does harvey tosses a rag into the ring <laughs> bearer is now on the apron and gonzalez headbutts him Places the rag over the dead man's face. Who's from all 16,000 in the crowd. They are not like do that right. <laughs> Heenan then starts talking about, what, what's that smell? Do you smell that? And they think it's chloroform. As what? the ref calls for the bell. The, when Gonzalez goes to choke the ref, maybe best performance of the night. The ref's selling of the choke. <laughs> Fucking beautiful. So the official announcement is Undertaker by DQ. I believe that makes him 3-0. Mm-hmm. By Barely. DQ, but it's still... It's still a win. Yeah. Post-match, a bunch of officials come out to check on Taker, only for the giant to clear the ring. The dead man is then taken out on a stretcher, and the crowd starts chanting for Hogan. Fuck you, crowd. But b- then b- the b- gong sounds... And Undertaker makes his way back out to the ring, attacking Gonzalez, hitting multiple clotheslines to take the giant down. Oh, and the Undertaker looks like a demon here. It's great. 
Bear then comes in to restrain Taker while the police escort Gonzalez to the back. Yeah, I like how they were all freaking out about never seeing the Undertaker wheeled out in a, uh, a stretcher before. It's like you just got chloroform, you just drugged. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, it's not like you put, actually put a sleeper on him or beat him. It's like, oh no, a, a man that's a foot taller than him put a rag full of chloroform over his face. To drug him, basically. <laughs> yeah. To beat him. And he, what do you do? Pop right back out. Mean Gene's in the back previewing the main event, and he sends us to footage from Superstars where Yokozuna bonsai drops Hacksaw Jim Duggan Ooh, like multiple that. times. We then get footage of the contract signing, but Yoko attacks and bonsai drops Bret Hart. Then Mean Gene brings in Hulk Hogan to share his perspective on the match. Mm, you know, a real wrestler's perspective. I'm just going to insert it here. I, I assume you watched this when it was oh, yeah. first out. Yeah. At this point... How did you feel? How were you feeling? Like, did you have an idea of what was about to happen? Not really. I mean, I was still... I guess I was 15 here. I didn't see them going that route because... You didn't think they'd stoop that low? No, because, you know, Brett had already been on the path for, you know, a few months now. He had made it close to six months as champ, and... He was It was, he was Survivor over? Series to now, so... Yeah, that's about six months. Yeah. yeah. So it seemed like he was, was in it, and... The the Hogan aspect of it... I mean, in the, the show itself, when this part happened, no... Yeah, with him being involved in the tag team thing, I was hoping that that was just, you know, they were putting him somewhere else since he had just come back. But yeah, I hadn't, I had no expectation of this ending happening. I because looking back now, yeah, now I do. As soon as he comes out to do this interview, I go, something's up. Yeah. I mean, I know what was coming, but obviously, you you, you see it now. Yeah. I I uh, did not know it was gonna go like this. It got, I didn't think they would pull the trigger here. I was like, okay, well, the next show, that sucks. But then when they pulled the trigger here, kind of take could taste vomit in the back of my throat. Mm-hmm. But Hogan, with his perspective. And we'll, we'll get to it if you don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. I just wanted to bring it up before we got Yeah, yeah, get, we get our perspective. Before we covered it all. Mm-hmm. But he and the Hulkamaniacs are in Hitman's corner, but he challenges Hart... Or that Jap brother for the title. He doesn't title. say Japanese. No, he no. says that Jap brother. That's funny. Yeah. This is two two shows in a row where we've had somebody I mean, throw the J word out there. Because Flair, <laughs> Flair did it in Super Brawl and Hogan does it here. I guess establishing themselves or reestablishing themselves as the top guy. Hogan then guarantees the belt is staying in the U.S., when Brett wins. Um, hey, Hulk. Brett's from Brett's Canada. Brett's Canadian. Canada. Well, we'll have to tell the crowd that later, too. Brother. <laughs> we go to... Kayfabe, but Yokozuna was born in California. <laughs> <laughs> He's Samoan. <laughs> Everyone knows. <laughs> but even if we're not going kayfabe, like, Hitman's still Canadian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Todd Pettengill, we get him one more time, and he ends up making fun of a little kid with big ears. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, the kid has like a big hat on or whatever, and pushed down. The kid doesn't really have like big ears. It's not 
It's fine. And then he talks to two frat boys, and so you already know that they were really annoying in yeah. this. And, and see, I was trying yeah, to figure out like if they were actually being... frat boys or if they were like plants who were. I think they were plants. Or oh, they, I'm sure I think they were they, plants. I think that they, were probably, they were probably Pettengill's like best friends. Yeah, they looked exactly against... like his two guys that he would hang out with. Yeah, they were, and they were obviously like drinking. They were just playing it up for the camera. Like, oh, I spilled my beer. Just whatever. And then we get our eighth match. Yokozuna with Mr. Fuji versus Brett Hitman Hart for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Charging. Don't forget about the uh, Yoko geishas in the ring. One of them might be Asian. <laughs> it's the same thing every time. <laughs> I know, so I, I know. Quit it. Here's some flowers. I'm going to throw them over the rope. Mm-hmm. Hart starts off hot, charging at Yoko with a running drop kick. Begins to pound away with mounted punches, only to get pushed off. Brett tries for a waist lock, but he can't quite get his arms around no, the big belly no, of Yokozuna. Yoko with a shoulder block sends Hitman out to the floor, and Yoko keeps kicking through the ropes to keep Brett at bay, only for Hart to grab it and tie Zuna up in the ropes. Hitman comes in with a slingshot splash, fires away with punches, a second rope elbow drop, before the ref unties Yokozuna's leg. Brett with multiple clotheslines and tries for a third, only for Yoko to hit one of his own, followed by a body slam and a leg drop. USA, USA. USA. <laughs> It starts up, so they must have learned geography from Hogan. Um, low blow. Yokozuna begins wearing down Hart with holds, but Hitman catches a charging Yoko with a big boot, following with a second rope bulldog for a two count. Zuna hits a thrust kick to stop the momentum and goes to a trap hole. Or as JR said, an oriental trapezius something. Yeah. That sounds like something he would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. The USA chant starts up again when Heenan points out that neither man is from the United States. Good on you, Bobby. Bobby didn't even graduate high school and he knows that shit. Yoko sends Brett into a corner, charges in for a splash, but Hart moves out of the way and hits another bulldog, drops another second rope elbow drop, a second rope clothesline, and follows that up with a running clothesline to knock Yokozuna to the mat for a moment. Fuck yeah. Yeah, and this is uh, pretty good. Hitman goes for more mounted punches, but Zuna grabs him to move out of the corner. But Brett holds onto the turnbuckle pad, ripping it away from the buckle. Yokozuna then tries to slam Hart's head into the exposed corner, but Hitman blocks and reverses to send Yoko's head into it. Canada. Brett then applies the sharpshooter. But Fuji grabs a handful of salt, tossing it into the eyes of Hart. And Yokozuna crawls over, makes the cover, for the pin... And the win. And new! Fuji's out here just, you know, disgracing the gods by using it to throw in someone's eyes. Post-match, Hulk Hogan hits the ring and is arguing with the ref. He's pissed, but I don't know that he has any good reason to be. Fuji then grabs a mic and he challenges Hulk right there right now without even asking yokozuna this is this where yokozuna turns face and kills fuji <laughs> fuji 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 how you doing yeah you've Killing been me softly fuji, damn it you've been here since like 84 you know how this goes down 
Hogan's helping Hitman to the back. Yes. But Brett turns and is like, go. He gives you him. got this. Give like. Kind of gives him his permission. Yeah, he gives it. And it's like, Hogan's really like, no, I won't go. I won't go. But it's like, I bet fucking Brett's fucking stomach hit his balls and then his balls fell into his fucking feet uh, when he had to actually do that. And Hogan's all like, who? Me? me? Oh, you want me, me? to oh, challenge yeah. for the like, belt? Oh, right I don't have. I don't have. I'm so yeah. surprised. Bubba Brutus and Jimmy Hart are backstage. Who else could it be? I've also changed my entire gear since 15 minutes ago mm-hmm. when I wrestled. I can't wear street clothes. He's in completely different gear. He's not in street clothes. That's right, he wasn't. He was in yellow during the tag match. He's now in red. <sighs> because he's an angry American now. I'm so our ninth match. Hulk Hogan versus Yokozuna with Mr. Fuji for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. And with the champion already in the ring, does that mean that, <laughs> that champion was... entered first and that's foreshadowing? <laughs> or wait, no. That's right, you got it. I mean, Yoko's already there. I'm not calling it foreshadowing on this one. <laughs> mm, yeah, that was me hitting myself. Yeah, in it was the foreshadowed before the match started. Hulk charges into the ring where Yoko starts hitting right hands. Holds the immortal while Fuji goes to throw some more salt. Mm-hmm. Only for Hogan to duck, so Zuna gets it in his eyes. I wish that salt went in his stupid black eye. Hulk knocks Fuji out of the ring, hits a clothesline, a leg drop for the pin, and, and the win. And Jesus fucking Christ. And, and new. Yeah, there you the go. Crowd <laughs> there you go. The crowd's going. Crazy. Berserk. Because Hogan uh, poses. This is our, what, we, I think we reached 15 minutes of Real American in this show? JR, Macho, and the Brain are going crazy while fireworks are going off and they say their goodbyes. Don't mess with Mother Nature. So I ask you gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of WrestleMania 9? Can I go first? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to simplify mine. Okay, yeah, mine is four letters. Four words, I'm sorry. Not not four letters. I, my, my review is four words. Well, I guess mine is too. Really? You first. Fuck this fucking show. Oh, mine is wild show fuck Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Close to the same sentiment. Mine's a little so, a little bit nicer, but I'm not angry at you for being angry. Well, then I'll just I'll just jump in here with mine. Because <laughs> it's a little bit longer. I was like, what? Fuck! I mean, I can elaborate, but you want quick thoughts. Four, four words is I mean, that works. I'm going to get. Yeah. It completely works. So, this is probably the worst WrestleMania we have ever watched based on in-ring performance. Uh-huh. There's a match and a half, maybe. Yeah. Correct. And one of them has I, I, I wrote, That's crazy. I literally wrote, there's literally only one match that doesn't have an overbooked finish. That's the Steiners match. Yeah, it's the only one that doesn't have an. It's really the only one that like finish. put anybody over for real. Because like the Steiners, they they take their beating like a good baby should, and then they get their finish and they win, and it's it's a good solid like first WrestleMania for the Steiners. Like they have good opponents, but the show does lean into what the WWF is good with, and that's and the sports entertainment. The pageantry, the entertainment. Yeah, I mean, is, that's the is, that's the word that you have to say. That, basically, um, attraction, as Bruce Pritchard would 
put it out of his stupid fat mouth. But all of that at least kept the show flowing. It's not it's not hard to watch. We're just upset cause, because because we know why we're upset. We have to say it. There's lots of stuff to be upset. The, here yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> yeah, good like, point. Hogan the Hogan stuff is just kind of the cherry on top. Yeah, of the doo-doo something. There there is there is a lot of just shit underneath all that whipped cream. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Gross. I mean, yeah, like it's it's so so milk toast. It's just like doesn't we need a i don't know i don't know what are they what were what's going on uh, i don't I mean, think anything happened here nah. i mean i think you guys mentioned it earlier you guys really liked luger perfect i like luger perfect i think tatanka michael i did but i didn't yeah See, same I, that's kind of like i feel like it was not a good match uh, Be- these two perfect and luger should have a really good match and i felt like it was I have such. If a Hogan's not on the show, yeah. I feel like that's the worst match in my opinion. Yeah, oh, it really? definitely. I mean, Lex Luger, it's like, already is uh, when it comes to wrestling, and then you make him try and act as a totally different character than just being the Lex Luger that he's been, and it makes it that much worse because he's uh, trying to think. I mean, about, I thought his entrance was one of the more interesting I things kind of, that I they did. I kind of like that match because yeah. it, like it felt like a one-on-one wrestling match. But there was match, really there lovely... Was... Li- I'm going to be the creepy old guy and be like, but there was hot girls to like at least look at, so that's yeah, why man. it was interesting to... I was just wanting to be for like two minutes. And then I'm the gay dude who I don't find Lex Luger attractive. <laughs> yeah, Lex Luger is a butterface exactly. for sure. Mr. Perfect five years before, sure, but when he's... <laughs> when his face and neck become the same size, you're and a little different on his it. his <laughs> over-tanning leads him to be... Yeah. To me, I, I think the it's such a weird the, show. The, the Steiner's like I said, the Steiner's match is the only one without a overbooked finish. Yeah, I think the I think actually Tonka the Tonka Michaels was pretty fun starter, but then it got goofy at the end. Yeah, exactly. I can't take a, a Tatanka match seriously for the most part. Yeah, and but then, yeah, I mean, Bret Hart Yokozuna is probably the best in ring work. Considering yo- how limited Yokozuna yeah, is, yeah, but we all know that like Bret Hart is Bret everything, Hart. but everything but limited. Yeah, apparently Bret Hart had more stuff planned for the match, but I guess Yoko got blown up too a little, you know, too quick, so that it ended like five minutes before it was supposed to. Oh really? Yeah. Well, Hogan filled up that we minute and a half of that. <laughs> Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? All right, fuck you. I think it's time we smart it up. So, can you guys find any best moments in this show? Bobby Camel. I like elephants. Pachyderms are cool. That wasn't a vulture. Luna Vachon. So great here. I liked that the Steiners took... They didn't... They took a beating and then won like they should have. That was, like, the only, like, thing in hindsight that is booked in, like, a... Booked correctly as far as, like, this is what wrestling is. Yeah. The doink stuff, like I liked creepy doink, and I even hate to say that out loud. His, his walk out to his music it's good. was good, and it's great. like, and like when he wins the match, and then the music changes, you know how it changes halfway to like the creepy like funeral march yeah. thing, and he's uh, does this cre- creepy grimace, like that's fun. I like Bob Backlund's overselling, but he just got squashed. I don't know, man. There's it's it's so much filler. There, there's there's small little bits of, of fun, good, of fun, of yeah. good. Bobby and the, the 
announce table, like the three of them together was fun because they ribbed each other. Yeah. And, you know, that's neat. JR was pretty good for his first time with these guys, but JR's a professional. Yeah. Similar to that, maybe not as many. I mean, just the those little moments that I was talking about before that have stood out over all these years. You know, the the Bobby on the camel, the two doinks doing their mirror the routine. Yeah. You now even Lex with the girls and the sparklers at the top. That's one of those things. You know, yeah. Sparklers with the mirror. Yeah, it's yeah. A cool. That's one of the things that it gets shown through all these different video packages over the years, so it stands out as this you know, show memorable. is a a like is a must watch, but a watch once. There is nothing on here you ever want to see again. That's like not been like you said put into a package of some sort. Like you should watch the show all the way through one time. Yeah, like I don't even my know notes. if I would go that far. I think you should just for the for the how. How wild! Just how goofy! It's I mean, so if, goofy. If, and here, weird. Here's the thing: if this show wasn't a like, WrestleMania and all this happened, we'd probably be like, "Don't watch this show." Yeah, I don't know, because like, I if it was like just the amount of there's a fucking elephant. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Savage's outfit. Savage's outfit. We'll, we'll go for that. Yeah, I, that's. I'm I'm having to to search for stuff to to call the best. I mean, yeah. like literally. I, like, There's no I, really great in-ring me, moments, the, which is a problem. The best move of the night is Bob Backlund doing the double underhook suplex. Oh yeah, no, that was that was that great. was a really cool move. And he did it, and he's like, you know, an average height guy. He's like five ten, and, and then doing it on Razor Ramon, who's yeah. like, you know, fucking six six six, six, six yeah, two fifty something, yeah. you know. I mean, that was cool. That was literally probably my favorite move of the entire yeah, show. I agree because I popped for that big. When I was watching it, and it was one of my notes that I double underlined, where I was like, "Ah, now, like cool. the show before this, you know, I wrote almost two full pages about a guy I hate getting his ass kicked, and you know, I had more things to write about on that show. This one, well, that was a good I got show. Through, <laughs> that show had it like I got through the three, intro. three matches that I loved and four matches. There was that only were all two. Worth your time. There was only two matches that we didn't like. I got through the show. intro where I wrote down Shawn Michaels with Luna versus and then nothing, and uh, then I have no notes from oh there because gosh. it was just nothing. It's like it's not a hard watch, but it's not a good watch. Yeah, it's not a hard. It's not an easy watch either. I I didn't have a problem getting through it, but it's not like. It's not like Super Brawl three where I put it on and I watched it all in one sitting and was not planning yeah. to. I was just like, I was like, all right, I'm gonna start this show, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh wow, I'm like an hour fifteen in, and we're like, all right, well, I'm just gonna finish this thing because I'm having a good time. Yeah. This show I watched it in two Super sittings, and I just kind of just it just it moves. Super Brawl moves. I started after midnight and watched it all the way through. Oh wow, no yeah. no lag whatsoever. This one I watched in the middle of the afternoon, and I think I fell asleep at one point, <laughs> and then I had to start watching it again. Granted, I'd seen it before. But... Yeah. Mm, rough one. Yeah. Not my favorite. Uh, there's no shortlist matches here. No. No, definitely not. If we did it by time, I guess we can call <laughs> Hogan versus Yoko top of the shortlist. But it's not a time-based list. It is not a time-based list. No. So most disappointing... Realizing that this is the first WrestleMania without Gorilla on commentary. Yeah, that was a big bummer. I was like, ah, Gorilla's, like, I'm glad to see JR here. But Gorilla being, like, the host, as soon as the show started, I really, like, kind of, it's like, I, my heart sank a little bit. I was like, mm. 
it's I mean Grillo's been around for a long time. He's older. Jr's great, but it's just that torch pass that it's like it has to happen eventually. Yeah. But you hate to see it happen. Yeah, we had a full year off of Hogan, and then they decided just to. Fill a, fill a fire truck full of shit water and spray <laughs> us down for the entire show with it. The shoehorning in is the problem. It's like if him and Brett did a thing or whatever, and then like he challenged Yoko there, and they did it for a next pay per view. I still don't want that to happen, but them just legitimately doing it right there, and then Fuji being the one to do it. It's like what sense does this so, make? It's just to send the crowd home happy. There's multiple different things out there. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear them. that. Supposedly, Brett was supposed to lose to Yoko. Mm -hmm. And then Yoko would lose to Hogan at King of the Ring. And then Hogan and Brett would match up at SummerSlam. So Brett would win King of the Ring. And Brett would win at SummerSlam. And, you know, it's Hogan putting over Brett. Hogan didn't want to put over Brett. Doesn't see him on the side. That is. So somehow, then Hogan convinced. Vince to just put the belt on him then and there and then spoiler alert yeah Hogan doesn't show up again until King of the Ring mm-hmm. he's not on TV at all he basically pulls a Brock Lesnar just and like holds hijacks the, the belt yeah. hijacks the belt for three months but the lasting consequences of this decision Terrible. It's kind of spoil, kind of spoilery for you know the next couple years worth of shows of WWF. But Brett gets pushed back down to mid card. Yeah, you can't spoil and something that's already fucking happened. Basically, he just ends up cratering the main event scene completely. Mm-hmm. And it's in a time when it looked like WWF was headed, headed back headed, up headed at, a, at a point, where, a new direction, a new direction. Brett is Brett's not. Hulk Hogan over, but Brett is over. Yeah. It's just the whole thing, just it's kind of infuriating when yeah. you look back it's at like it. Like this one fucking asshole. One like this one guy and then one guy being too afraid to just tell say somebody, no. to, to tell somebody no, yeah. And then the word regarding the whole situation, apparently Brett found out like the day before Mania that he was going to be that this all was going to yeah, happen. That this yeah, that happening. Hogan was going to take yeah. the belt Whereas right after Hogan, he just got beat, which is fucking yeah. and brutal. Yeah, Hogan uh, you know, obviously knew he was coming back to take the belt. So yeah, he found out he was getting it before the actual champion knew what was going on. Yeah, rumor and innuendo basically would say that they'd been planning it for a few months. But there's also rumor and innuendo that says Hogan showed up that weekend and was like, Hey Vince, let's do this. Yeah. So it's, like I said, there's lots of stories out there. Everyone has their own perspective on it. Who knows what the actual truth is? All we know is that Hogan got his way. And, like I said. Yeah, and the the whole company fucking suffers because of it. Exactly. Let's move on to best performer. Let's get out of the doldrums a little bit. I mean, is, is it Brett for trying to pull somewhat of a match out of Yokozuna? I mean, Brett's always gonna be up there on... Is it the Steiners really for actually intro. winning Steiners with was, a real yeah a real match and not a fucked finish? Outside of the ring, Luna had a really great like first showing, but in the ring, I mean Steiner's always good. Brett, Matt Bourne, and Doink. 
the first doink. He really, he really was very good. Yeah, I mean that was that was going to be my other was the the lasting image I have of any match really is doink at the end of his because the smile to the grimace and it's yeah, creepy. Yeah, smile to the grimace. The makeup is almost gone, but yeah. it's still you know darked out under the eyes, so you know it keeps a little bit of the mystique. Yeah, I mean those are those are my two. I would even go the announced team. Yeah, that I think that, that I think that is the reason why I was not just like ripping my hair out watching the show. If Gordon because Soli they called were... this show, which God bless his soul, he would never be put in that position. Like, yeah, how you wouldn't be a show. Bobby Heenan's the real MVP, guys. <laughs> how about most surprising? I mean, the Hogan thing surprised me. I mean, me. I think that's the, the probably the biggest. Even though, surprise. like, like we don't like it, but it's still, it's still the thing that. Yeah, but well, that's the thing, though. As you're watching it, it's not surprising because because it's Hogan. As a child, if we, if we had watched, but that's that's why I asked <laughs> that question earlier. Yeah. If you no. foresaw it coming no, at that point, then, no. so it would have been really surprising. So, like, literally, if we didn't know any of this stuff, you know, we weren't watching this 27 years later. We're pretty smart people. We could probably kind of have an idea of what's going on. Yeah. But it's still a surprise that they actually did it. Because here's the other thing. Like, if they don't do that, then this is actually... If they just leave it with Yokozuna winning the belt, this would have been the first WrestleMania that they ended with a heel winning the belt. Or a heel winning any any match to to end the WrestleMania. Yokozuna... Winning the belt and people being pissed off, but him winning in a good match makes people want to see him lose the belt. That's what a heel was supposed to. That's what the whole point. Actually, I'm going to go back to most disappointing real fast because I just remembered <laughs> something. A pay-per-view, I don't remember which one, but Rick Martel had salt thrown in his eyes and he just like flounders around the outside for a little bit while in this show... Brett gets salt thrown in his eyes, and he's just incom- incapacitated, laying on the mat. Yeah, he just like he's yeah. not fl- like. Why would you? If you got salt thrown in your eyes, why I, would you just lay still? Yeah. Why wouldn't you just be like? Oh, it's like stubbing oh, your toe. It's like the only thing that's going to be better is if you just sit down and stay still. But you're going to hop around like an idiot. Well, he's Canadian, you know. You know, you don't make a big. Uh, he's also from big the scene out of things. from the dungeon. You know, I'm sorry. He's, he's lived the dungeon. <laughs> True. But no, I, just, I just remember that point. I was, I thought it was <laughs> no, no, no. Like no, you're totally right. He does kind of sell salt like death, where it's like, oh no, it's like get something in your eye. You're irritated. It's not. Yeah, they didn't hit you in the head with a brick. Yeah, the brick was on the Hogan <laughs> <laughs> in the briefcase. Making their way to the ring. It's trivia time. Oh, crap. You guys sound like you're not happy about this. Oh, no, I'm excited. Only, I can't believe it. I can't it's believe it. the sixth question. I, I can't. have like 40 more to go. That's good. Something. I like it. I can't believe I fucked up the other one. I, I should have known. It's the sixth question, but I've only got two of them right so far. I should have made sure that all those matches. Michael's only got two of them right, too. Yeah. We're even playing field. It's just the points are different. But it's I'm older and taller and watch this stuff for longer. <laughs> so? That's why I had to be a good quiz master and make it so that you're even. Mm-hmm. So this week, the category is The Champ is Here. The Champ is Here! The Champ is Here! 
So, as like most weeks, if you buzz in without multiple choice, it is five points. But if you need the multiple choice, it does go down to three points. And this week, I will give you a show and a championship. And you have to tell me who the champion was at the end of the show. Okay. So you're going to give us a show and, and a championship. And the belt. Yes. Like whatever title yeah, it is. whatever title it was. And then and you who, just have to tell me who... It's not like who... What the match was? It doesn't even matter. Just have so to tell me who, who the champion was. At the end of the show. At the uh, end of the show. Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> no. WrestleMania 9. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that would yeah. be WrestleMania 9's answer. Yeah. But that's not... No, that's I know. Not. Yeah, that would be silly. So the show is Starcade 1990, and the belt is the WCW United States Heavyweight Championship. Starcade 90. We go on a limb. Well, then it just goes to him if we don't go to multiple choice. I don't want to go on a limb on that. I'm not gonna go on a limb. Do it. Do no. it. No. Do it. I think my answer was wrong, so I'm not gonna do it. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. 1990. So long ago. <laughs> Starcade 1990. WCW United States Heavyweight Championship. The answer I want to say is like I don't know. If I, you fire yours, I'll fire mine. Ooh. Ooh. So we could both get zero points? Good. Or you could get it. Okay, same. All right. Who first? We say it at the same time? We're not doing multiple choice. Correct. Someone okay. just needs okay. to buzz in. All right. Uh, Dustin Rhodes. No, I was going for Luger. Okay, Luger. What's the answer? Lex Luger is uh, the answer. Woo! Mine should be on Shane gets shit. five points. Good on you, dude. That was a good way to do it, too, because, like, multiple choice, I could have just buzzed in before <laughs> I mean, I was going to give you Luger, Hayes, Rude, and Hanson. Yeah, I 90, see, it's I like... I was torn between Luger and, uh, what the hell's his name? The, the Nikita Koloff. Oh, yeah. Luger actually won the belt at this show from, from, Sta- from Stan oh, Hanson. Is this one... No, that's a year or two before where Koloff shows back up. And he's like, I'm champion. <laughs> oh, great job. I know. That I was like, Dustin's, that's too, that's not right. So. But I couldn't think of anybody having, oh, you're up by four that points. That makes the score. Because I was up by one. Yep, with Shane scoring five points, that puts Shane at 12 and Temple at eight. Next week, we're headed back to New York City for Monday Night Raw. Is our best friend going to be there? Who's our best friend? Shock Jock. Oh, oh the Rob Bartlett. Comedian. Rob Bartlett. Rob Bartlett is no longer. Uh, I, don't think he was. I was kind of excited to see him again and see if he got any better or if it was just as bad. I think it was just as bad. Uh, yeah, that's why he's not there anymore. Very soon. He was gone before WrestleMania. From Raw, so <laughs> he only lasted like yeah. two months, two and a we, half. We months. got Pettengill because there is no more Bartlett. Oh yeah, we went the MTV route instead of the uh, Howard like, Stern. Howard Stern route. <laughs> Pre-Howard Sternout. But the match is from May 17th, 1993. So if you're out there listening to us and you want to watch along, that's the episode to go find. And obviously something big's happening here. Otherwise, we're not covering it. Or potentially something Or it's big? just something that I remember from my childhood. Oh, okay. want to share with the world. want to share yeah. with the world. Who knows? Maybe there's both. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to find out what that might be. Because it's fun when I, you throw me these... 
random shows like this and I'm like what's what's it, what's here what am I like and trying to suss it out as I'm watching music from this week's show is the instrumental theme from Wrestlemania 9 we're not going to play the lyrical version because it starts with are you ready for the Survivor Series? <laughs> it's the worst theme song, wow. lyrically wise, for a for a show. It was like, uh, just well, since, since we're not going to play one song, can we not play the other song too? Oh no, we have to. Unfortunately, oh, whether you like it or not, you are a Hogan is champ. American. He won the main event. Right for your so we play rights. Real American by Rick Derringer and stuff, my man. If you like this episode or any of our other ones, please go out there and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. Five stars and no stars. Don't get it twisted. And you can always hit us up on our email at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or recipes, we're always looking out for those as well. Come and talk to me on Twitter, damn it. And you can find us always just tweeting away at wrestlinghistoryx. That's wrestling H I S T O. Thanks. We'll talk to you next week.